You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to the Hoist the Colors podcast. I'm the host, Stephen Igo of Hoist the Colors and the publisher of HoistTheColors.net. Excited to be back with you guys for another podcast position preview. We're going to run through this one pretty quick. Got a lot going on. Just 10 days until East Carolina's kickoff against Appalachian State, so we got to knock out these position previews over the next couple of days. we got linebackers today, DBs later in the week. We I don't know if we'll hit special teams or not because, I mean, there is a lot of competition there, but I don't know if it's worth its own podcast. I know Mike Houston and the special teams coaches out there would be very disappointed in that statement, but you know we could always lump it in with our Appalachian State preview because we're really going to dive into a lot of game-specific coverage as we get towards the end of this week because with a Thursday game, once we reach true game week, which is Monday, it's going to fly by. And so we got to uh, ramp this thing up a little bit. Uh, We've already done, of course, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, O-line, D-line. Now we're talking linebackers. And we talked, you know, we talked about the rush linebacker position, which is basically a stand-up end spot with our D-line preview. So we're mainly focusing today on the inside linebackers, which is what Blake Harrell the defensive coordinator coaches. Uh, we've got a, a large number of questions on the Hoist of Colors message board. That will carry us through most of today's podcast. Just wanted to give a brief synopsis on the position as a whole before we dive into those questions. Uh, Blake Carroll is the second-year defensive coordinator. He's also the second-year linebackers coach. And it's been quite some time since the Pirates had the same position coach in the inside linebacker room. I'm going to run through it here right quick. Off the top of my head, did not write this down, so hopefully I can get it right. Uh, So 2020, Blake Harrell, of course, in his first year was the inside linebackers coach. In 2019, Mike Houston first brought over Byron Thweet, who was with him at James Madison. He was the inside linebackers coach in 2019 in Bob Trott's defense. In 2018, David Blackwell was the defensive coordinator and also the inside linebackers coach for that one season in the final year of the Scotty Montgomery era. And then in 2016 and 2017, Ryan Anderson was the linebackers coach for two years. And he is ba- he was basically a brand new linebackers coach. He was a GA at Vanderbilt and came over with Ken McThompson to coach linebackers. So he was a very green linebackers coach. Uh, Blackwell was a, a major step up. Again, didn't have the continuity there with the staff change. In 19, you had Coach Sweet, who did a solid job, but... I think Blake Carroll is your first really good linebackers coach since John Wiley, who, of course, coached the position in the Ruff McNeil era. So I think coaching continuity is incredibly important here. I think this position group has underperformed the last handful of years as compared to its talent level. I think a big reason for that has been the changes in defensive coordinator, defensive schemes, and linebackers coaches. So just having some continuity in the room and having a good players coach in Blake Carroll I think will make a big big impact on this position going into year two of his defense under Mike Houston's leadership. Now, the other component of this is you have a ton of experience returning. 
And part of that is because of the COVID year really helps benefit the Pirates in this position in particular. Because not only do you have your leading tackler from the last two years and Xavier Smith coming back, you also have a pair of seniors returning who otherwise would be gone under normal circumstances. Of course, you've got Bruce Bibbins, the big physical inside linebacker from Houston, Texas, going into year five with the Pirates. Probably should have redshirted early in his career, but ended up playing through an injury as a true freshman. So good to see him really get his redshirt year back, even though he played a lot of football last season. But he's played a lot for ECU over the years and one of the more experienced guys. Another guy I'm personally glad to see back is Aaron Ramsour. This guy, when he is healthy, is a difference maker. And unfortunately, it's been a struggle at times to stay healthy. And, you know, he's not the biggest linebacker in the world. But if you go turn on the tape when he's 100% and he's in the, in the lineup and he is a guy who just knifes through the offensive line like butter because of his quickness and makes a ton of tackles near the line of scrimmage in the backfield. Very good tackler. You know, not great in coverage, but very good against the run, which is why he mainly plays Mike Linebacker uh, in this scheme, which we'll get into here in a little bit. So uh, Aaron Ramsour back for his sixth year with the Pirates. He, of course, uh, redshirted as a true freshman in 2016, played a lot as a redshirt freshman in 2017, really looked like he would develop into you know, one of the stars of this defense. But unfortunately, since then, injuries have really hampered him. You know, last year, I think he struggled with uh, a wrist injury, also had maybe a concussion at one point. And then in 2019, in Coach Houston's first year, was really starting to get the defensive scheme midway through the year and then came on a blitz, I believe got blocked or fell awkwardly and ended up tearing his ACL. So he was still recovering from that last year had a wrist, had all sorts of stuff. This preseason has really put together uh, a clean and healthy preseason camp, which I think will really help him uh, and the Pirates going forward. So those two guys are back as seniors. Then you have a pair of fourth-year juniors in Miles Berry and, of course, Xavier Smith. Both those guys did not redshirt as true freshmen in 2018, but they basically get that redshirt year back, thankfully, uh, due to the COVID process. And so those guys are fourth-year juniors and have two years of eligibility remaining. Xavier, of course, has played a ton of football. We talked about in the last podcast how much he'll play rush versus inside linebacker, the depth and experience of inside linebacker with Ramsour, with Barry, with Bivens, uh, et cetera, really gives ECU uh, the ability to move Xavier Smith around. So you have four upperclassmen there that probably are going to comprise you're too deep for the most part. Then you've got some young guys as well. They brought in a Juco transfer in Jacoby Simpson, thinking that Ramsour and Bivens will be gone. The good thing about Simpson is he's a Juco kid that's played at TCU. He's got Division One experience, and he came in as a sophomore, so he's got three years of eligibility remaining. So really he can kind of learn the defense this year, contribute, and then potentially step into a starting role next year with a year of experience under his belt and with two years left to play. You also got some young guys that have shown some promise. Taylor Jackson played a decent amount last year as a true freshman, especially early in the year, got his feet wet, you know, looked a little overwhelmed at times, but I think has a chance to be a player long-term at will linebacker. Eric Doctor, we'll see where he winds up long-term, but he's still running at Mike linebacker as a second-year freshman. Both those guys came in in last year's recruiting class, and they are second-year players. Then you got some walk-ons as well, uh, Worcester Allen, a transfer from uh, Richmond. He's a walk-on transfer, but I think has a chance if he continues to develop to potentially earn 
a scholarship in time, uh, talented young true freshman linebacker who uh, has some upside as well and pretty good size. So, and he wears the neck pad at the linebacker position, which I don't know why. Maybe it's just I grew up watching Bill Romanowski with the Denver Broncos, my favorite team. I love a good linebacker with a neck pad. I, it, you know, Zeke Baker rocked it back in the day in the Ruff McNeil era. I just think it makes a linebacker look like a linebacker should look. So, uh, pulling for him, there are a couple other walk-ons as well that uh, have gotten some snaps, gotten some work at that position. So we are going to dive into this position deep with some questions in the comments section on hoistedcolors.net. So let's go ahead and get there. And our first question comes from Straw369. He asks, I feel like we know what to expect from this group mostly, but do you see anyone sneaking into that top four? So, you know, his point of view is... Yeah, but like I just said, you got the four upperclassmen, Xavier Smith, Bruce Bivens, Aaron Ramsour, and Miles Berry. Those are your four top guys, and you pretty much know that. So who can sneak into the top four? You know, I think realistically, Jacoby Simpson is a guy that could sneak into that top four, especially if Xavier Smith ends up playing a lot of rush. I think they like Simpson's size and explosiveness. So he's a guy that is, as he continues to learn the defense, he's got the talent to play this year. It's just a matter of how far along in the playbook is he. And uh, he's uh, dealing with an injury right now, so I'm not sure, and missed kind of the last week or so. I'm not sure exactly where he stands in the playbook. The other guy is Taylor Jackson. And last year I thought, you know, they wanted to have a role for Taylor because he's extremely athletic, very good feet for a linebacker, really an ideal fit for the will position where he's going to be playing in space, playing in coverage quite a bit. I just thought the game was moving too fast for Taylor last year. I think now as a second-year freshman, really having the chance to slow things down this offseason, I think he's a guy that can make a big leap if you have an injury or two at the position. I would expect Taylor Jackson to uh, see quite a step up in terms of snaps. I think he's going to be a special teams contributor. So those are the two guys. I mean, if you look at a three deep, you know, I would include for sure Jacoby Simpson and Taylor Jackson as things stand today as far as that top six. I think the coaching staff feels pretty good about that top six, not only the top four. Um, and Eric Dodger can play in this league as well. You know, he's more of a probably a run stuffer at this point in time with his size, but I think you feel pretty good if you're ECU about your entire depth chart at inside linebacker. And speaking of that, Berg Pirate asks, you've mentioned the O-line is legitimate too deep across the board. Do you feel the same way for the linebackers? I, I think we just kind of discussed it there. I think I think you're definitely a legit two deep. I mean, if you go into game day right now, if you're East Carolina, you are you're feeling 100% confident, especially with a healthy Aaron Ramsour, that you can move Xavier Smith to rush, and then you can essentially rely on Bruce Bivens, Miles Berry, Aaron Ramsour as the top three guys, and you can also play Taylor Jackson at the will along with Miles Berry and you know Bruce Bivens and and Ramsour have played mainly the mic. So those two uh, those two positions I think you're feeling pretty good about, even if you move Smith off the ball to rush or off the, the spot to rush. So, yeah, I think it's a legitimate two deep, if not three deep, at inside linebacker right now. All right, let's continue with the questions here. Forever Pirate PG, I'm not 100% sure what he's asking here, but so I might modify your, your question a little bit. He asks, what are your over-under predictions for interceptions – sacks, forced fumbles, tackles. And he doesn't give a number or a player, so I'm I'm not I don't I'm not sure if you're asking, you know, for the unit, for a player. I'll give you my prediction 
for how about this? I give you my prediction for each leader among the linebackers that we're discussing for these for these categories. So interceptions, you know, I'm gonna go a little bit you know, I'm gonna go a little bit off the wall here and, and pick a guy who's never had a pick in his career. I'm gonna go Miles Berry. I think Miles Berry is gonna play a lot this year because of Xavier possibly playing the rush. And so interceptions, I think Miles Berry gets a couple. You know, I personally would set the over-under probably at one and a half for any of these linebackers because, or maybe even half, just because you don't see linebackers get a lot of picks. But I think Miles Berry gets a couple this year. He's a guy who played safety at Dudley High School uh, in Greensboro, has pretty good coverage skills, you know, not the biggest linebacker in the world, so has the ability to play off the ball, play in space. I think Miles Berry this year gets a pick. You know, he also had a tipped ball that I saw during a scrimmage earlier this year on a blitz. So he's got good hands. He's got the ability to get his hands in passing lanes and could tip a ball up to himself for a pick. So I'm going with uh, Miles Berry to lead with interceptions. As far as sacks, I think Xavier Smith's the easy choice there, especially playing a rush linebacker. Now, I would probably put that over under at three, three and a half, maybe. Last year, he had two and a half sacks, and now he's going to be in a position to where he's probably not, you know, he's obviously going to be technically rushing the quarterback a lot as a rush linebacker, but, uh, you know, it's arguably harder when you're going in a one-on-one situation to win and get a sack rather than blitzing like he did last year from an inside linebacker spot where you're just kind of coming and hoping to either, A, get free or hoping to either... Uh, go past a running back who's usually in, in boots pick up for a linebacker or a tight end. So Smith, by virtue of, of playing rush, is arguably going to have a tougher matchup, but he's going to have more opportunities. And then he could also play inside linebacker as well and blitz there and be a strong pass rusher from that position. So as far as Xavier Smith and sacks, I think he leads the defense in sacks uh, among this position. I should clarify. I think he leads his position in sacks, and I think he probably gets – you know, three, four in that range. I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, but I think he gets a handful and uh, surpasses last year's numbers. Uh, Force fumbles. And uh, this, this again, goes to a guy who's probably going to be bringing the the punch, so to speak. Uh, ECU, to their credit, does work on a ton of turnover drills in practice. I think your two favorites here, are Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith just because of the impact they bring when they are tackling people? Uh, Bruce Bivens, man, he just he just crushes people, uh, and, and I don't know how many forced fumbles offhand he has forced in his career. I don't think it's a ton, but I feel like this year he's hitting people like he he hasn't hit people before, and that's kind of scary to think about because he's always laid the lumber. Uh, but I think Xavier has forced a couple each of the past two years. Uh, Bruce did force one last year that I know for sure and had a pick. Uh, but I'm going to go Bruce Bivens here. Forced fumbles, I would probably set it at one. I think he at least gets one, maybe two. It's hard to get a bunch of forced fumbles in a year, but I'll go with Bruce Bivens to lead the team in forced fumbles. Tackles, the last category from Forever Pirate PG. You know, Xavier Smith has led the team in tackles each of the last two seasons. Now, it's going to be tough for him to do that if he's playing a lot of rush because he's not going to be able to be in a position to get a bunch of tackles on the edge as opposed to playing inside linebacker. Uh, last year, Xavier Smith finished with 72 stops in nine games, 81 the year before that. I think the leading tackler on this team probably reaches 85 
or so tackles, maybe 90. You're going to see a lot of rotation. It's going to be tough for somebody to crack 100 tackles. Uh, so I think they'll be in that range. You know, is it going to be Smith? I don't think so because I think he'll play more rush. For me, <sighs> Bivens is a tackle machine when he's on the field, but I do think they want to rotate him out with uh, Aaron Ramsour, maybe a couple other guys this year. You know, I'm going to go off the wall here, and I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Aaron Ramsour. I really feel like Aaron, when he is healthy, he is a tackle machine. I mean, there have been games where he – you're looking at the stat sheet in the games, and he's got 13, 14 tackles, and he only played a half of football. Um, the key for him is just staying on the field. I mean, he's got 182 tackles in his career, 16 and a half of those for loss, four career sacks. So, you know, I'm going to go with a wild card here. His career high in tackles is 66 in 2018. But I think for some reason, Aaron Ramsour has a breakout year, and I think he does lead the team in tackles. I mean, your probably logical pick is Bruce Bivens uh, or, or Xavier Smith among the linebackers. But uh, that's my pick for uh, this podcast. All right, Yaram, he asks, uh, speaking of Aaron Ramsour, he asks, if Aaron Ramsour stays healthy all season, do you think he is the biggest linebacker on the team in terms of impact with tackles, sacks, interceptions, etc.? Just seems to be the most athletic in the room but hasn't been able to string it all together health-wise. You know, perfect segue for my last answer. Uh, I do think he is the biggest impact in the room uh, because I think he's got such quickness like his first step when he reads the play correctly and it can get him in trouble sometimes if he misdiagnoses the play because he covers so much ground but when he diagnoses it quickly he is uh, an impressive impressive linebacker very good tackler quick just knows how to avoid blocks Um, you know he is a smaller linebacker so at times can struggle to get off blocks but when he is going good when it's his game like you know, it's his game because he's making he's making just about all the tackles. So, um, I do think if he stays healthy, he's got that impact. I think Xavier Smith is definitely an all conference caliber athlete. It's just a matter of can he excel at one or both positions. Uh, those are the two guys that when I look at ECU's defense, you know, I think Bruce Bivens is solid. He's a leader. Um, I think Taylor Jackson long-term has a bunch of upside. I think Miles Berry is solid and a leader. But I look at Ram Sewer and I look at Xavier Smith, and those guys to me have some elite traits uh, as far as ECU linebackers go. So that, those are the two I would term as the biggest impact. And I do think Aaron Ram Sewer has that ability that if it all comes together, he can be the biggest impact linebacker on the team. Um, and we got another Aaron Ram Sewer question here from Young Buck Pirate. And uh, he is a popular player because, you know, the good thing about Aaron is he's got a great personality. He's made some big plays in the past, and um, I think he's become a fan favorite because of the role he's played in the past and also just his personality. So Young Buck Pirate, he asked, will Aaron Ramsour play a bigger role this season? He's always touted for his athleticism and quick twitch, but always seems to be a reserve that's not used as much as expected in previous years. You know, we kind of just touched on this. It's a situation where, you know, if you're, you know, coming in, it took time for Aaron to learn Bob Trott's defense. And for whatever reason, they I don't think they meshed extremely well. Uh, but then middle of that year, he was starting to play quite a bit. And then he tore his ACL. And then he missed the rest of the year. And then last year, he was recovering from that at the beginning of the year, getting in shape. 
and so he was kind of out of shape to begin the year. Then he dealt with a wrist injury, and then he dealt with something else. So he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So I think if he does stay healthy, uh, he will play a bigger role. I really think you're going to see all four of those linebackers rotate a lot. You know, it's a good problem to have if you're if you're Blake Harrell. How do you figure out who do you play at at what point in the game, or do you go with the hot hand, or do you script out when they rotate in? That's going to be a tough decision, but it's a good decision. It's a much better situation than having, you know, one or two good linebackers and hoping and praying to God they don't get hurt, or then you're screwed. So I do think Aaron will play this year. Again, the key is health, and hopefully he can stay healthy. All right, before we dive into these last few questions, let's take a quick break. Hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. On the other side, you're listening to the Hoist the Colors podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome back to the Hoist the Colors podcast. We got a few more questions here before we wrap up the pod and move on. Uh, to our final podcast preview of the preseason with DBs, but we are wrapping up linebackers here. Jim G seventy one. Who are the stars of the future in the redshirt freshman, freshman, and even sophomore classes? Well, as far as the linebackers go, you know you're about eight deep in the inside linebacker room now. We'll we'll just kind of go over each of the young guys because really, you know, we kind of touched on the older guys earlier. Um, you know, freshman wise. Second-year freshman in the program, you've got Taylor Jackson and Eric Doctor. And so Jackson right now is more of the athletic. He's a bit smaller linebacker but moves well, covers a lot of space, good tackler. Uh, Eric Doctor is more of your bigger linebacker. He's listed at about 250. Not sure what weight he's playing at now. He's playing the mic, more of a run stopper at this point. So those are two guys of the future. We talked about Jacoby Simpson who is a JUCO addition. He is a sophomore by eligibility, spent time at TCU, played special teams, has experience in the D1 program, big hitter, physical guy, covers a lot of ground. Uh, those are three underclassmen uh, that you have uh, a lot of hope for. You know, we talked about Allen earlier. He's a walk-on transfer from Richmond. You know, We haven't touched on Cruz Temple, who played more Sam in the spring. Now he's playing Will Linebacker. He's a uh, true freshman from Abbeville, South Carolina. And this is another guy that not, you know, probably undersized right now, needs at least a year or two in a college weight training program. But even in Saturday scrimmage, despite being undersized, he's just got a nose for the football. Uh, and he's a player. Not afraid of contact, fits this defense's mindset perfectly. You know, I think he's probably a year or two away at least, but I think long term, 
as he develops, he will uh, turn into a guy that could play a, play a role in this defense. So, uh, along with the upperclassmen, you got some intriguing underclassmen as well. Uh, they got a guy committed in, in Zakai Barker, who I'm really high on. I think he's gonna chance got a chance to be a player uh, in the future as well. So, um, you got some young, promising linebackers. Would ideally like to see another one in the upcoming class to replace uh, some of the upperclassmen in the years ahead. Because you could lose not only Ram Sewer and Bivens after this year, but Xavier Smith as well, as he has some NFL potential. Has already been talked about getting an invite to the Senior Bowl. All right, ECU fan888, who do you see having a bigger impact this season between Jacoby Simpson and Taylor Jackson? Obviously, Simpson is a highly talented transfer, but the coaches also seem to be really high on Jackson. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's a situation where both of them have a chance. You know, right now, because of the missed time in the preseason from Simpson's injury and also because of Taylor Jackson's, uh, you know, ability to play last year in the defense, second year in the defense, I would say Jackson's probably a little ahead of Simpson. But Simpson was coming on strong before the injury. Um, I think probably, I haven't seen enough of Simpson to say one way or the other. I think he probably fits better as more of a run stopper, whereas Jackson's going to play more in space more. I would like to see more of Jacoby uh, before I make that determination. I'm not sure if he's working out at Mike or Will, but you know he was brought in to compete and play immediately with the thought that Bivens uh, and Ramstor would be gone, so it's not like he can't contribute this year. I think both will play on special teams if healthy. I think right now I would put Jackson maybe a step ahead of Simpson just because of his uh, his knowledge of the defense. But I think long-term, by the end of the season, if Simpson can get back healthy, uh, which all signs point to that happening in the next few weeks, I think by the end of the year, Simpson could be, you know, potentially pushing his way up the depth chart as well. So I don't know if I really answered your question, but I think both of them have a chance to make an impact uh, in short. Uh, Coastal Juan, he asked, what's your take on Xavier Smith playing outside linebacker this year? I get that we have depth at linebacker now. But of all the guys to move around, why is the guy, why the guy that is an all-conference at middle linebacker? Well, you look at the other middle linebackers, and the depth there gives you the opportunity to move them around to different positions. And you look at the different positions. Who else at inside linebacker fits the rush in position, which you need more talent and explosiveness at? To me, Xavier Smith is the mold of kind of what you want at that position. Yes. You would like more length, but if you're not going to have a guy that's extremely long, you need someone who's explosive, quick, and strong. And Xavier Smith is all those things. He's 245-plus pounds. He can hold up against the run on the edge. He's explosive enough to beat an offensive tackle with his speed. Uh, He's got good bend, good athleticism, and if you ever see him on the practice field, he's just out there doing backflips for the fun of it at, you know, again, 250 pounds. So, you know, you're talking about a guy who's an exceptional athlete, and that's really what you need to be a strong pass rusher. It's tough to be a good pass rusher if you're not a great athlete and don't have an elite trait of some sort. So I think Smith has those elite traits. You know, you look at the rest of the position, Ramsour has elite traits, but he's probably undersized. I mean, he's only, I think, 210, 215 pounds. And, uh, you know, Miles Berry did a little bit of rush last year, but not, you know, in my opinion, not really kind of that prototypical edge rusher. So he makes sense more to play more inside linebacker. I mean, the goal here is to get your best 11 on the field. And ideally, you know, to me, your best 11 includes, you know, a couple of those inside linebackers that are behind X in a normal defensive setting. So if Xavier Smith is on the field, 
That's taking away snaps from Miles Berry, or it's taking away snaps from Aaron Ramsour. So the reason they're moving him around is because not only A, is the edge position a weakness of sorts in terms of depth, but also you want to get your best 11 on the field. So my take on it is I'm fine with it as long as Xavier can handle it. And he seems like he's up for the challenge. Now, if you go out there game one and it's a disaster defensively, you can't stop the run, you know, Miles Berry and the other linebackers are struggling, then maybe you just, hey, hey, let's punt that. Let's rely on just getting good inside linebacker play first, and then we'll worry about rush later. But they seem confident, and you got to trust the coaching staff and the rest of the linebacker room. And if they feel confident in that, and they like the the edge pressure and the edge ability to stop the run that Xavier brings, then you have to have to roll with that, as that makes you a better defense all around. So um, I think we'll know by game two if that's going to stick as a long-term thing. If it's a failure, you can pull the plug on it quick, and you can roll with Jeremy Lewis or Chad Stevens or whoever at Rush. But I think right now you try it early in the year, see how it goes, and perhaps it makes your defense better across the board. All right, final question here from Pirate 2021. I believe the two linebacker positions in our defense are Mike and Will. Then the position for Jaira and Gerard is Bandit or something. Can you talk about what responsibilities, expectations are for a player playing each of those positions? So, yeah, you know, uh, we talked about this in the VIP chat today as well. But essentially, your Mike linebacker is your middle linebacker, the guy that's going to call out most of the plays. And he's traditionally better against the run, more of a guy who's going to take on blocks, tight ends, fullbacks, etc. be more near the line of scrimmage, stopping the run. Your will traditionally plays to the weak side of the formation. Uh, he covers more ground, better in coverage, smaller, quicker, more athletic. You know, you look at ECU, Xavier Smith played a lot of will last year. He's a bigger linebacker, but he's probably one of the more athletic guys in the room. Uh, Miles Berry plays a lot of will because he's kind of a converted DB. Taylor Jackson, same way. So typically your will is kind of that smaller, quicker guy, more athletic guy that can play coverage, play in space a little more. Your Mike's more of a run stopper, a la, you know, Aaron Ramp's story kind of has the build of a will, but is better against the run in my opinion. So therefore he's probably going to play more Mike uh, than having to rely on playing, you know, if he has to drop in coverage, that takes away his ability to really focus on stopping the run. So, you know, the linebackers, both of them have responsibilities both against the run and the pass, but your will has to cover more ground, especially in coverage. Um, you know, the the position that Jaira and Gerard Stringer play is called the Sam linebacker in ECU's defensive scheme. And, you know, a Sam linebacker in a traditional 4-3 defense plays to the strong side, closer to the line of scrimmage, but for an ECU's defensive scheme under Blake Harrell, really it's it's a nickel back. It's more of a nickel, a fifth defensive back where you're playing in the box, you're covering the tight end, you're covering the slot, and you're playing farther off the line of scrimmage, but you're close enough to where you can either A, come on blitzes, or um, play the run a little bit more. So it's a, it's a very versatile position. You know, They call it the Sam. I basically just call it the nickel because that's essentially what it is. See, it's a fifth DB on the field, you know, more of a, a hybrid safety role, more so than a corner, um, because you want a guy who can stop the run and who is physical enough to get in there in the box and mix it up. So you want kind of a hybrid, lengthy linebacker slash safety type in that Sam role to be versatile. I mean, Blake Harrell's scheme is all about versatility, and we, we label all these positions, and, you know, they could go in with a package that has both Jira Wilson 
and Gerard Stringer on the field, or they can go with a package that has three corners on the field and they could take, you know, one of the, the linebackers off. So there's a ton of versatility, but that's how it basically lines up in terms of Blake Harrell's scheme, uh, in terms of the Mike, Will, and the Sam. And then you have the rush linebacker, which is basically a stand-up defensive end that has to have the athleticism to drop in coverage as well. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast in terms of our linebacker preview. Hope you guys have enjoyed us discussing uh, the front. I always say the front seven, but I guess it's technically the front six because we'll have five DBs to talk about next week because we'll include the Sam linebacker in that DB discussion. Uh, But we'll talk about that later in the week. Again, we are quickly approaching Appalachian State ECU as we record this on Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock. 10 days away from kickoff in Charlotte. We'll start game prep very soon. Until then, we will talk to you next time on the Hoist of Colors podcast when we do the DB preview. I will post a topic on Hoist of Colors for you to get your questions in there. Uh, But it's been fun, guys, breaking down the linebacker group ahead of the 2021 season. We will talk to you later in the week.